0: Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your
1: host, Saul Marquez. And welcome back to the podcast. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Dr. Pat Solber. She is the CEO, founder, and editor-in-chief at The Dr. Ways In. Pat is a physician executive and serial entrepreneur who's founded and led both for-profit and not-for-profit organizations. She's currently founder and CEO of The Dr. Ways In. It's an award-winning mobile online platform that uses new media to share stories about healthcare innovation. What I love about it is that they're very outcomes based. They focus on what matters most to healthcare leaders and those that want to know what matters most in healthcare to move the needle forward. Topics like value-based care, what to do with the new healthcare economy. You'll find all those there. They do form writing form, they do videos, and they also have a podcast. So I'm really excited to jump into some of Pat's work and how she is leading the influencer scene. As editor and chief at Doctor's Ways in, so Pat, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
0: It's great to be
1: here. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. So, did I miss anything in that intro that you want the listeners to know?
0: No, I think you really covered it all. What I like to emphasize is that we're trying to do real news, not fake health news, and we're mm-hmm. trying. We try and make sure that. All the stories that we have have an evidence base, and I know it drives some of our writers crazy, but um, if they send us a story and they haven't linked to the evidence, we make them do that before we'll consider it for publication.
1: Very high quality, and uh, that's one of the things that is very difficult to do, and I give you credit, Pat, for leading the way there. What is it that got you into healthcare to begin with?
0: Oh, why, why did I want to be a doctor? I, I wanted to be a doctor from the time I was a, a very young girl. But when I went to college as a pre-med, mm-hmm. my advisor told me, uh, oh, I'm sorry, but you know, girls don't, don't go to medical school. Why don't you go to medical technician school instead? So um, luckily, I, by the time I graduated, the women's movement had kicked in, and my right. medical school class at UCSF was very diverse with lots of women, lots of older people, lots of people who had second careers. So I, timing is everything, and I was really lucky.
1: That is outstanding. Wow. And you totally made it happen. And now you've gone from frontline to really impacting a broader audience with your work at The Doctor Ways In. What would you say, Pat, is is a hot topic that the healthcare leaders listening to today's podcast need to have on their agenda? And how are you guys addressing that?
0: Well, I think the absolute number one topic, if you care about health insurance, is the continued effort, despite rhetoric otherwise, to undermine and actually kill the Affordable Care Act and taking down with it pre-existing condition protections.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big problem. So what are we to do, Pat? Do you think that this is going away, this legislation that helps pre-existing condition, patients with pre-existing conditions get coverage?
0: Absolutely. You know, right now you can see that everybody's running, you know, you'd think everybody was the savior of pre-existing conditions if you listen to the political rhetoric right now. But there is a court case, which is probably actually already decided, but huh. the decision has not been released in the state of Texas, where a judge was more or less handpicked to hear a case brought by a number of prominent Republicans that will make, listen to this, this is really interesting, that will make the Affordable Care Act unconstitutional. And we recently did a story on a letter that um, the Attorney General sent to Congress explaining why the Department of Justice unlike what is the precedent, which is for the Department of Justice to jump in and defend existing law. The attorney general sent a letter explaining why they were not going to defend the ACA against this lawsuit to make it unconstitutional. It's very convoluted, but there's a lot of energy behind it. It's just people are waiting. As far as we can tell, I don't, I can't tell you that I know this with certainty. So this is not Mm evidence-based, but it looks like what's happening is that people want to wait until after the midterms because it's such an inflammatory issue before they reveal what's actually happened. And I think the end game is to take this court case, which is in a small you know, jurisdiction in Texas, and actually have it make its way through the higher courts and end up in the US Supreme Court where you know once it's declared unconstitutional it's really hard to undo something that the Supreme Court gets involved in so i i do think that not just people who have preexisting conditions now, which is most of us. Remember mm-hmm. the bad old days when acne could get you a denial for <laughs> healthcare? You know, everybody needs to be worried about this because you're going to see people who are basically priced out of the market because they're having to pay out of pocket for a whole variety of pre-existing conditions. It would be, it will be a terrible situation health wise.
1: Well, and from the sounds of it, it sounds like it's uh, an inevitable end. So as we think about things like this, you know, and and the current political environment and and how things are happening, you know, what would you suggest leaders need to be thinking about? Because at the end of the day, there are the things that you can control and the things that you can't. So what would you say you'd recommend for the leaders listening to this as an action plan?
0: Sure. And it's not just leaders, it's really everyone. I, I think that we've gotten far too relaxed about how involved we get in, in these kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. And so I find when I talk to people, they're, they're surprisingly uneducated about these really important issues. So I think, number one, leaders and you know the people that they work with need to read as broadly as they can so that they can understand the pros and cons and come up with an educated decision as opposed to one that's been spoon-fed to them You know, by some, whatever their media of choice is. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's the first thing is really think of the two or three or 10 issues that are really important to you and your life and your family and your, uh, you know, the people that work for you and your company and dive in and really. Really try and understand it in some depth. And we like to think that we can help you do that, but we would never say, hey, come to the doctor Ray's in and, (laughs) you know, we have all the answers for you. No, we have evidence-based information for you, but you need to look at a variety of sources and come up with your own decision, informed decision
1: yeah I think that's such a great call out, Pat and you know today we do need to take more ownership for what we decide and yeah, it's easy to just kind of drift and go with what <laughs> your what you call it your your favorite media spoon feeds you. The challenge and the call to action here folks is to is to take a a, a little Taste from a variety of sources, take a look at at every angle, and then make a choice. I like to check in on The Doctor Ways In. It's uh, the Doctorwaysin.com. They also have a podcast. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to their podcast, an outstanding source for information. So, yeah, uh, definitely love your, your call to action there, Pat. What would you say an example of a topic you guys have covered recently that's uh, helped your readers or listeners?
0: Oh, that's a really interesting question because I just got some feedback today on one of the stories that we did. We get stories on a regular basis from a doctor who is an infertility specialist.
1: Huh, okay. And he's
0: written really very interesting stories like infertility and opioids and, you know, just a variety of issues. But the last one that he did I thought was fascinating because kind of my side work is that I review benefit designs for a variety of organizations mm-hmm. and if you ever look at benefit designs for infertility they are all over the place but most of them are pathetic huh. in terms of the amount of coverage that they have so this doctor's latest article he wrote about not only the inadequacy of the coverage and the fact that infertility is a disease you know this isn't This isn't just a women's issue. Oh, those women, they want to have some babies. You know, that's the way it gets framed. So it's okay. Why should I pay for you to have your babies when, you know, my babies are already grown up? That kind of attitude. And he wrote a very compelling article and also talked a lot about, it included interviews with other people who talked about why we've accepted the inadequacies of these benefit designs when it didn't take very much to get Viagra covered, but Mm -hmm. it takes a whole lot to get infertility covered. Although I realized it could be quite expensive. There's still ways that you can put in a decent benefit design for people. So I posted it on a listserv that I participate in, which has a lot of people who are involved in working with employers to do their benefit designs. And one of them wrote me back and said, Oh, I can't thank you enough for this article. It's so timely. We are right now having discussions about what we should do with our infertility benefit and we're we're considering enhancements. So nice. for me that was very gratifying to see that I only read this story, that <laughs> no actually might act on it.
1: That's awesome! Congratulations on that, and you know, kudos to the reader that read and acted. And we recently had a a guest on the on the podcast, Pat, that uh, is part of a company. Well, he's a founder, Track, and they help males track their sperm count. With I did a
0: story on them. I know them. Did
1: did you really? I love them. That's awesome. So, so you know, it's these things, right? The resources and options that you don't even know exist and i think these are the things that pat obviously you had these guys on folks you got to pick your sources and frankly i do believe that pat and the product that she puts out there is is definitely fantastic so i urge you to to take a look at her and her and her work for uh, another source of healthcare news and as well as uh, data to help you make some great decisions. So at this point, Pat, I'd love to hear about a time that maybe you had a setback and what you learned from it.
0: Oh, sure. So I did have a big setback. I, I took this job back when I was still doing a lot of physician executive stuff in Texas, which was a big move for me because I'm a you know, Northern California, San Francisco, Bay Area person from birth. (laughs) There aren't very many of us, but I'm one of them.
1: And that is a big move. Yeah.
0: And just ended up in a terrible situation and they fired me.
1: Oh, man. And
0: that was the biggest setback. I mean, as physicians, we don't get fired, right? It just doesn't happen. And I learned a lot from it. One thing I learned from a friend of mine is I'm whining about it. I'm going on and on about how horrible this is and you know unfair and all this stuff. She looked at me and she said, "You've never been fired before." (laughs) (laughs) So that that was a real eye, eye opener to me that this is just you know it wasn't the end of the world, which I was feeling at the time, but rather it's just one of those bumps in the road that happens to people and actually happens a lot more frequently than you think. And you pick yourself up and you figure out what you learned from it and you, and you move forward. So it actually ended up being a positive, you know, once I worked my way through, you know, all, all, all of the learnings that I had to do about it.
1: Well, I love that you could look at that and now get a kick out of it. It's definitely important to be able to see these things that, that, you know, we initially see as setbacks eventually learn most from, and what would you say the one nugget that you took out of that experience that maybe you want to share with the listeners is?
0: It's interesting because I'm not sure if there was just one nugget, but one of the things that I've learned, now this is 10 years ago, so it's way far behind me, yeah. is that the relationships you make, even when there's a bad outcome like that,
1: mm-hmm. can
0: be enduring. And the person that I just brought on to my company was my executive administrative assistant in mm-hmm. Texas, and she is now my production manager for The Doctor Ways In. So to me, that's the most important thing I met. Despite this being a negative experience, I met wonderful people and have new friends as a result of that.
1: So strong. I love that. And, and you know, yeah, there's, there's always a silver lining, folks. If you focus on it, you will find it. And maybe oftentimes it's not readily apparent, but if you keep searching, reflecting, it will definitely show up. Thank you for sharing that, Pat. Appreciate you uh, being transparent and very real with us. <laughs>
0: What's well, easier to do when it's 10 years behind you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's for sure. That is for sure. Now, tell us about an exciting project that you're focused on today.
0: Sure. So, I've been consulting with a, a small company that's involved in helping caretakers of patients with Alzheimer's do a better oh. job, not just caring for the Alzheimer's issue of their loved one but to better manage their chronic illnesses. And as a result of that, we decided to do a research study. You know, and I'm not any longer affiliated with the university, but and and in fact, the four of us that created this research project, none of us have academic ties, but we ended up doing a really interesting research study that showed that Alzheimer's, having Alzheimer's impacts the overall cost and outcomes of care for chronic illness, which sounds intuitive, right? But we were able to demonstrate it with, we used the CMS 5% sample, which is a huge sample of cost and place of service and demographic data for Medicare patients. And we ended up getting it published. I have the final proofs on my desk right now. And I was able to give a presentation of the results at a big Alzheimer's conference in Switzerland last month. That was a, a very consuming kind of project. It was big to finish the research project, big to try and get it published. And and then big to, for me, who's not primarily an Alzheimer's researcher or primarily yeah. focused on Alzheimer's, although we write about it a lot, to be able to present to a, a community of internationally known people in the field of Alzheimer's disease. So that was, that was my big project for this year.
1: Wow. Congratulations. And, Thank you. and so was it well-received, I imagine?
0: It was well-received. I mean, I, I whipped myself into a little bit of a frenzy wanting to be sure this was a very uh, data-intense uh-huh. kind of a presentation in a conference where people were talking more about theoretical issues. My, the panel I presented on was, was uh, called Frameworks for Alzheimer's, so you can imagine how theoretical that is. And then I stood up and, and showed them the data, but they, we got really good feedback from it.
1: Wonderful. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Well, the quality and the dedication that you put into these, uh, these products of, of your work is, is certainly resonates with all the people that touch it. So keep up the amazing work that you're up to, Pat. I mean, it's really making a difference for people.
0: Well, I hope so. Thank you. That's,
1: that's very nice to be back. Hey, so, so now you're back uh, in, in state side. So, uh, and we're close to the end of this, uh, this interview. We're going to do a brief lightning round with four questions. Okay. What we do is we form a little syllabus through this lightning round. Four questions followed by a book, The 101 of Dr. Pat Salber. You ready? Yeah. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes?
0: Well, I think it's, which is your focus, it's you have to measure and manage to what you measure. Because if you don't do that, you're just kind of blowing in the wind. So I think that's the most important thing. Do something, measure the result, tweak it, measure the result, and keep on going until you've really improved the outcomes.
1: Love it. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid?
0: I said, you got to measure and I made it sound like it's easy. It's really hard. It's really hard to do it right. So I actually recommend that people get experts to help them out with it. When we did this paper, I told you the Alzheimer's paper, I worked with a PhD epidemiologist that I've done other papers with. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to measure correctly. He knows what the mistakes are. And don't think you can do it alone. Be sure you have the, the right kind of people at the table with you.
1: Such a great call out, Pat. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change?
0: Got to stay on top of things. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's hard because we... Write about everything. I know you talked about the the business side of healthcare that we write about, but we we write about all sorts of stuff. I do a lot of new tech stuff, which is how I happen to interview the people, the CEO of Track. And you just have to be on it all the time. You gotta you gotta go to conferences. You gotta talk to people. You gotta be open to having people submit stuff to you. And it takes work. You can't. I don't think it's something you can do just sort of sitting back and and being casual about it. You gotta jump in full force.
1: Love it. And what is one area of focus that drives your organization, Pat?
0: Well, our big focus now, and this comes back to measurement and management, is we want to continue to get bigger. Mm -hmm. And we have gotten in the past very tied up with just being sure that we had good stories and so forth. But you can have really great stories, but if no one's reading, you're not going to drive any change. So, a big focus for us this year is to do a lot of, of measurement I brought on a person who's an expert in what's called technical SEO, search engine optimization. And he has already doubled our page views. Like in the first month, he had doubled our page yes, views. So we want to be sure not only do we have really good stories, but the people are, are actually have access to them. They know about them and they're reading them
1: outstanding that's definitely wonderful and congratulations on again getting that expert and folks there's a theme here right if there's something that you're looking to impact and have a very quick impact in i use that word quick in quotations because in healthcare things do take a while <laughs> um, <laughs> but leverage an expert and uh you know the money that you'll spend it will be worth it if you do get the right person So what book would you recommend to the listeners, Pat?
0: Okay, so I did think about this question. You did send it to me at the time. And I had a hope that I I listen to books on tape. I don't read much anymore. I don't read business books. But I think the book that impacted me the most this Mm -hmm. year was a book called Dark Money, which Hmm. is a book by Jay Mayer, who's a Pulitzer Prize-winning author. And if you think you... Know what's going on out there in the world of politics, in the world of political influence, you are. You are <laughs> wrong. You need wow. to read this book and find out how much power and money is being deployed to get things done that the rest of us just have no idea about. So it's mm. not only a very good book and very well researched because she's a super duper researcher. But the information in it is is really important, I think, for everyone.
1: Great recommendation, Pat. Dark Money. You all could find the show notes, a transcript of our discussion, as well as links to The Doctor Weighs In, as well as a link to the book that Pat just mentioned, Dark Money. Go to outcomesrocket.health/slash salber as in dr pat salber s-a-l-b-e-r outcomes rocket.health slash salber and you'll find it all there pat uh, i've really enjoyed our time together i would love if you could just leave us with a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you
0: all right well i'll do a self-serving closing thought <laughs> i hope everybody <laughs> comes over to the com. <laughs> If you are a writer, consider us as a place where you can publish your materials and whatever you do, keep on reading, read a lot, read all sorts of different kinds of things so that you can come to the table and and no matter what it is, what kind of decision you're making, that it's an informed decision.
1: Outstanding, Pat. And again, folks, you can go to the Dr. Ways In at thedoctorwaysin.com. And if you want to check out their podcast, it's thedoctorwaysincom slash podcasts. And you'll find all that there. Pat, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for spending time with us today.
0: Thank you. It's been great spending time with you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast.